You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch this week. Hey, hey, folks! We're listening to a, or we're talking about a new show, brand new show. I mean, I, I, I didn't know that it was going to have all the episodes drop in one week, but uh, we're still yeah. going to do it week to week. <laughs> so we're talking about the Great on Hulu, uh, a whole show about Catherine the Great. <laughs> it's very aptly titled, I must say. Indeed. Very aptly titled. <laughs> I, I like how, how much of it have you? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> get away, That's right. We're, we'll get to talking about the show after we get to our week's watch. So with the first thing they had to do, Elizabeth, what is your week's watch? I'm trying to remember the title of the movie. <laughs> the title of the movie that I made you watch? Yes. Scott so, Pilgrim versus the go. world. <gasps> nice. Yay. No. Mr. Shaking his head. Oh, no. Why? Come on. <laughs> I was not a fan. I didn't understand it. <laughs> in wait, wait, wait. What in what regard? I, I didn't understand the appeal to it. Like oh. it just uh, Okay, so for one <laughs> Do not defend yourself. You sit there, you say what it is you don't like. You don't like this movie, then that's fine. That's not. It's it's fine. It is fine. None of us get any. None of us ever get kind of hyperbolic about liking or disliking. Yeah, right. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just teasing you. It's perfectly fine. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just I'm. So I guess it's kind of video game based. I don't know. It's a it's it's a film adaptation of a comic book that's about video games. Yes. Or video game life. And teen and, love. And I don't play video games and I don't read comics. And I've never really been a huge fan of teen romance genres. Mm. It did. I mean, they're not me. teens. I, yeah, they're That's true. Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're just immature. One. There's, there's one they are immature. <laughs> they're well, actually, that was technically a teen. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I've, <laughs> And she's the most mature out of all of them. A lot, <laughs> yes, that's true. a lot of the movie reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite. That's the vibe I got. And I oh. can't stand that movie. This me is neither. That, I can't. I got, <laughs> that was kind of the, that was the character development for a lot of them for a chunk of the movie. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's not my thing. Now, not how my do you thing. feel? How do you feel about School of Rock? Oh. I think she's seen I've that movie. I've never seen it. <gasps> okay. 
Because I put, I think there's a lot of shared DNA between this and School of Rock, also. So, I could see that. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, no, I. I mean, it was fine. I didn't feel the need to get up and leave, but <laughs> <laughs> my movie. Although to be fair, the movie I put Mitch through this week, not his. So. <laughs> can, can we go into Mitch's after yours? You want to go straight into mine after that? I feel like it's appropriate. Did you, did you watch anything else this this past week? No. That you would like to talk about, Elizabeth? What was the best yeah, part? I, mean, about yeah. I don't. Not think, I think. Uh, what? What was the best part for you, and what was the worst part? Those two things. Yes. Let's unpack. <laughs> the worst part for me was the point in time. I think they were at the party just after we, he finally clicks as to why she keeps saying exes as opposed to ex-boyfriends mm. and that whole fight. Ah. And it became very clear, at least for the majority of the movie, that he wasn't going to figure out that he was also a bit of an ass. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships. Which I was like, well, that's unfortunate. I mean, they rectified that in the last five minutes. But not even really. Mm. Um, the best part. Ouch. <laughs> I guess probably the last five minutes, the second time around that he defeats the big bad boss. When he learns the power of self-respect. Yeah. Or gains the power of self-respect. Mm-hmm. Sure. No. That's fun. There what was go. the funniest line for you? Because I feel that there's a line in there that I'm sure Mitch cracked up to. I there know there's one that line he that he laughing. loves. Um, <laughs> there were a ton that Mitch was laughing at, and I felt really bad because <laughs> he just kept laughing and looking at me with this smile like, huh? Huh? It's funny. It's funny. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> How funny. I think the funniest part was his out smarting Chris Evans's character into doing the skateboard trick mm-hmm. just by saying there are girls watching. Mm-hmm. I thought that was rather amusing. It was probably okay. fine to me. What, what, what's the part you, that you, you were te- speaking of there, Steven? I just so sure that you quoted along with the character saying it and then laughed to yourself. I'm sure I did. Okay, eggs, bitch. Yes. <laughs> I actually didn't quote it, but uh, it is such a good line. <laughs> um, that 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 line, and uh, when Knives Child goes, you don't know like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, if you ever get to watch the movie again, watch it just as a masterclass in transitions from scene to scene. Yeah, that, I'll watch the movie just for that. Yeah, I, I will say as much as I like the movie, I like it. I don't like it because of the characters. I like it because of how it's filmed. Like, the, well, and just like the choices they make, like when Chris Evans first comes out and it's the the, the music the, to the, like when the movies start, I can't remember. Right. Yeah, like that, that's just utterly perfect. And just, it gets me every time. I think that's, I think that's where the problem, the disconnect comes in, in a lot of the movies that, the majority of you like that I don't care for. I never get involved in a movie or enjoy a movie for its production. I am very much the casual viewer. I don't recognize those things. I don't register them. 
in any sort of way when it comes to viewing media in that way. So I think that's where a lot of the disconnect comes. I strictly like a movie for the storyline or the characters. Gotcha. And that's, that's really the chest right now. I can feel it. What? I feel like I'm being stabbed in the chest right now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, you got tested. It's not that. Yeah. (laughs) I do also want to say, because I thought of this a while ago, because I listened to the fairy song from the Zelda games. Uh-huh. And that's one of my favorite movie transitions is when Scott Pilgrim uses the fairy song to do the transition of him walking through the school. Yep. And like every time I hear that song, I don't necessarily think of Zelda. I think of that one transition. I absolutely <laughs> love the use of that song. <laughs> It's a good movie. Like, just <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what I watched, and I know that I am solo in this camp, and that's perfectly fine. No, just we did watch. Movie that you did like? We watched Scoob. That's true. We did watch Scoob. That was Scoob was great, but I love Scooby Doo. The, the beginning of Hanna Barbera Extended Universe. Scoob. Has anybody else got a chance to watch that? No, but did they? Shaggy wasn't the same voice actor though. No, that was Will Forte. Yeah, uh, it um, was awkward. Jason is not alive anymore. Uh, Wait, wasn't yeah. Matthew Lillard doing it? Yeah, he oh, was. I don't. Did he ever do the animated version? Yeah, he, he did. Yeah. When, oh, when, when they when they announced this movie, he, uh, everyone was like, uh, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, guys. I didn't even know about it." Oh, yeah, that's true. I do remember that, but. Yeah, it's not Matthew Lillard. It's it's Will Forte, and I thought he did a good job as as the as the I thought he ca- did copying Casey Kasem's voice. I thought he did mm. a good job. It just wasn't quite right. That's because you're young, <laughs> and you only know Matthew Lillard, <laughs> child bride. <laughs> Actually, I think I watched all the classic Scoobs on Boomerang. Yeah. So, like, I watched almost every single, at least one episode of every single single like season of scooby-doo other than the latest i feel like i've seen all of them even like the movies and the random derby ones derby yeah, i've watched them all i feel like they're okay maybe i'm mixing two but i feel like there was one special where they were with the monsters yes oh and yeah. they, there was a race too yeah yeah i think that's what i'm thinking oh, you think, you're <laughs> the talking monster about the... race yeah the oh. monster race one it's a halloween it's a... episode gotcha yeah. So yes, Scoob is available on uh, VOD, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World is on Netflix at the moment. With real quick, would the the Rocky and Bullwinkle live action movie be in that Hanna Barbera? I don't think that's Hanna Barbera. Is it not? I don't think Rocky and Bullwinkle are. What? Yeah, you have, you have to go watch, back and watch uh, Wacky Racers or uh, uh, Laugh Olympic. Boris and Natasha are in Wacky Racers, aren't they? No. No. What the no. fuck? The Scooby Doo universe, at least in <gasps> crossovers, would include like Batman and Robin, uh, the Harlem Goldtrotters, uh, Star Trek, Cap- Captain yeah. Caveman, and Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. Uh, but well, Captain Caveman is in the movie. So is uh, Blue Falcon and yeah. Dino Mutt. Okay. Um, and then there, Dirk. I think Jabby Walker is in there. Her Jab. Jabby or something like that. Or uh, Jabberjaw? Jabberjaw, thank you. That's what it is. Yeah, Cool. Magilla Gorilla, all these other ones. Magilla Gorilla, Great Pape. Yep. Hanover Barbera's got a lot of our childhood. (laughs) Page Master. (laughs) 
page master. That's what happened when I looked her up. <laughs> so Scoop was great. That hey. was that was wonderful. Oh, I'm glad. So I don't treat her completely terrible and make her watch movies that I know that she's not going to like. You mean this one didn't have anything to do oh. with like like Flash Gordon or anything this time? Let's <laughs> <laughs> say. But I mean, it's fair. We're showing each other movies that the other hasn't seen and wouldn't necessarily see on their own. And with that trans- transition, mm. uh, the movie that Elizabeth had me watch was mm. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <gasps> no. Movie, which I was surprised at. And it is not all, it is also not Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> he was like watching the introduction. He's like, what? This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't. Oh. Oh, where's the bed? Where's the bed from Bed Knobs and oh. Where's Angela Lansbury? It also, it also, really <laughs> also shocked that. him who the uh, writer was of the original story. Yeah, Ian Fleming. I was like, the guy who created James Bond wrote this for his son. Okay, yeah, sure. Why does it start off with a twenty-minute like montage <laughs> of car racing when it, that has absolutely nothing to do with the movie? Because you have to figure out where the car comes from. Yeah, where did that's the history of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No, the movie's about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and that's the beginning of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. For the love bug, it's all one big extended universe. I mean, it's perfectly fine that you didn't like it. But I take it that Stephen has not seen it. <laughs> no, I've seen this right now. I have a count going of how many times we've said Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> It's two and a half hours. In 1968, two and a half hours is wrong and cruel. It happens intermissions when they had intermissions. And then you would go and talk to your friends about the movie during the intermission. And you go to the bathroom and you wouldn't have to panic going to the bathroom because the movie had an intermission. And you wouldn't miss anything. See, Bring we, it back. Like, why you had to have that intermission? Because you fall asleep <laughs> yep. in, during that movie. That's and the one. Sleep with a full bladder, you might pee yourself in the theater. <laughs> like they need you to get up and move. Yeah, like think about all the things that they include that they make you take breaks in. Usually you take a break in something because it's unhealthy for you. You're developing like deep vein thrombosis, <laughs> things like that. That's what's happening there. This is very true. I'm just I, I actually only love the second half of the movie. <laughs> what wait, which, of which movie? The second half of Chitty Shitty Bang Bang is There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, the, and the grand the grandfather character, he's great. Which he's is great. He's what maybe two three years older than Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was. <laughs> I kept wanting to be like, is he just calling him grandpa? Why is he calling him grandpa? He, it should be his father, right? It should be dad. Yeah. Grampy, grampy, bang, bang. I think my other favorite part was when we when the movie gets going mitch looked at me he goes oh i know why you like this it has all the same cast as mary poppins which it does not it has one <laughs> cast member i thought i could have sworn that blonde lady looked just like julie andrews to me but it wasn't uh, yeah but and it then, does have the very same it does have a similar vibe it does have a very similar vibe and it, you got like i don't know if it's true or not but it seemed like there was three side actors that were just playing all the other roles <laughs> um I, I mean, I could be wrong, but they were, it, it just looked also similar to me. Like the two uh, spies that were trying to capture the car, but then completely failed and then showed up again at the very end for no reason. Um, like they, they were the other two characters, right? They were 
they were playing multiple parts, were they not? Yeah. They okay. Played- yeah. Okay, so that's what I thought. I just couldn't understand if it was or not. And the the whole second half of the movie that it's just a story that he's telling, and I don't know. It it just I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard to sit through. I don't blame you, man. I kind of wish we could vote on things to make you watch now, because I want you to watch the incredible Mister Limpkit and uh... oh. See, in, in I get it. These are all family movies that family movies and kids movies that I just didn't watch. These just weren't the type of family movies that I watched as a kid. And obviously those things that you watched and, and love and have that strong nostalgia for doesn't work out for other people when you show it to them in in their later age most of the time. Like I remember I showed my friend Monster Squad as an adult. He could not stand it. He thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. He showed yeah. Dark Crystal. I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. So <laughs> I've never made it through the Dark Crystal. I have tried, I have and I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I fall asleep every fucking time, and I'm hype when I started. I'm like, "Oh, the Skeksis are cool." No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree that you can't. There's some things like I couldn't at this point in my life watch Johnny Lingo and have a good time. But as a little kid, I was like, oh, she's a tin cow wife. Mahana, you ugly. And I was into it. <laughs> nope, <not> <laughs> I don't know if anyone's seen Johnny Lingo. That's a weird I don't one. I know what that is. That sounds I right. We remember it. <laughs> now, I'm really curious where on the spectrum of the previous movies that I've made you watch this falls. Because like, you really enjoyed Emperor's New Groove. And you really did not like Hercules. <laughs> so... Well, we're definitely closer to the Hercules side. Oh. It might actually be past Hercules. It might be the new oh. other end. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. That's what I, we should have been doing the entire time. We should have been ranking your guys' watches for each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one that I've actually got her to like is Demolition Man. No. <laughs> the other ones. Oh. I'd have to remember which ones we talked about. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, Coco is still definitely at the top of the movies that you showed yeah. me. Um, Emperor's New Groove. But yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was was very hard. Very difficult. Um, so the other movie I watched this week uh, oh, was what was it? Hustlers. I watched Hustlers. The Jennifer Lopez Constance Wu stripper movie from takes place in 2008 till 2014. Uh, they, you know, it's based off of a article written in the New York times, I think mm. uh, that was about a group of strippers that started fleecing um, wall street dudes after the 2008 uh, stock market recession or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Okay, sure. Like it's just a bunch of people that are doing bad things. Like it's it's the equivalent to doing to watching Goodfellas. Like if you care for a movie where bad people are doing bad things, then and you kind of get a story of like, hey, they're doing it for certain reasons, and it's a movie for you. It's not for me though. It's like for this one. There's a there's a thing someone was talking about. Um, like all of those kinds of movies are about real people, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And typically they're people that did 
a thing that was bad in this in this case they start off kind of small and then they take 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 and it gets much more dramatic later on right um but you watch people do bad things and people watch this for entertainment right you know this really happened to people yep and it's just because of time that it's okay yeah Yeah. weird pretty much tragedy plus yeah yeah there's a big session with true crime shows too Mm -hmm. like it's just people love it yeah but you know i think you you watch you listen to you watch or listen to true crime shows more for the informative part about it whereas Mm -hmm. when you watch movies like this it's more of the glamorizing their acts Mm -hmm. or or at least some type of warning like hey if you do something like this this is what what is ahead of for you but I mean, I, that's why I see the appeal for true crime more than I do for for dramatized, uh, based on true events movies like this. Okay, fair. Uh, this movie was really just meant to showcase that J Lo still got it at fifty, though. Yeah, I mean, she <laughs> I mean, does a great job of keeping everything fit at fifty <laughs> <laughs> and being very flexible. Uh, uh, like I, I never, I as a youth, I never could have held a candle to anything, anyone's kind of fitness in that movie. As a person who's gotten older, it's only gotten worse. Yeah, exactly. Same. <laughs> uh, it's and 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 it is a movie about strippers. You don't actually see any nudity except for one scene. Like it's, it's kind of like Magic Mike. There's really there's no dudes dongs hanging out anywhere. Like what? It's all in silhouette. <laughs> It's all in silhouette, yeah. What? <laughs> Did you not but they it? had Matt Bomer. And Matt Bomer, yeah. I mean, he's a very beautiful man. Yeah. <laughs> it, there was a lot of waste in Magic Mike. It's fine. <laughs> the I still have yeah. to watch it. I still need to watch it. I mean, it's Steven Soderbergh. That's, so that was pretty awesome. And in and, and this movie is, well, I forget the name of the female director, but she films it really well like the movie is is done in almost a steven soderbergh way but with her own flair and she tells the story great i just don't care for the story or the characters with an iphone no she doesn't film it with an iphone that's that's strictly a steven soderbergh thing i like it (laughs) like i don't know why but i think it's his last what three movies that he's done that way he's 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 got an axe to grind with somebody (laughs) I, i feel like someone just like told him there's that no him. way that you can make a movie with yeah. an iphone he's like hold my beer yeah <laughs> or watch probably as the kids would say the double dog and then he like he liked it in the first movie and he's like yeah i can keep doing this and then it's not like he's just grabbing an iphone and filming it people don't no. see he's throwing on a there's whole a bunch of different attachments yeah yeah no, yeah. and he's, he's he's got them on like steady cam rigs and not just like a little dji one like i've got like they've got like a whole fucking like massive thing on there ma- huge lights so the director of the movie is Loren Scafaria. Uh, she also That's directed it. Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, which, or did she direct it or write that? Oh. Uh, oh that uh, yeah, she did direct it. What was that? That was. That movie was hard on my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that was a hard movie to get through at the end. So yeah, I really liked that movie, but I never want to watch it again. Like yeah, same. I'm glad I watched it. Never want to watch it again. <laughs> never again. Okay, so since oh, we went out, of, oh wait, sorry, uh, Hustlers is on demand, and uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was on Netflix. Was it on Netflix? Yeah, it was on Netflix because it's not Disney, so yep. we were able to find it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
let's go over to Jessica. What is it that you watch this week? So I've finally finished all of the Steven Universe show, except for a future. I didn't do the Steven Universe future. I watched all the show. The last season was utterly amazing and devastating and just all the things I wanted from the show. It was great. And I keep on telling myself I need to watch something that's happy and not overly emotional. (laughs) But... (laughs) But. I went on Disney Plus to watch something new, <laughs> and I remembered that when I was young, I used to watch nothing but Animal Planet, and one of my favorite shows was like an ASPCA show about animal abuse. Okay. <laughs> and that's good. And John, that intervention Disney you were talking Plus. about. <laughs> Disney Plus has a show called Rocky Mountain Animal Rescue. Which takes place in the Rocky Mountain area, and it's only six episodes. Um, yeah, because you can't do more. This is the intermission we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? <laughs> no, um, it wasn't actually that bad. It, a lot of the episodes, a lot of the stories are actually fairly positive. So, but I mean, it is still animal abuse. But I mean, it was nice to see all the people that take care of these animals and really love these animals and like get them to and their adoption process. And, and apparently the Rocky mountain area area, like doesn't give up on animals. Like they even have a feral cat program, which I'd never heard of before that gives that sets up feral cats with like barns that have rat problems. And so I don't know. It was actually was not that devastating to watch. (laughs) But yeah, I need to find... Oh, no, I did. I forgot. I was going to watch what John watched, the anime, The High Score Girl. But right next to it on the Netflix feed was an anime I had watched a long time ago that I forgot about, which was called The Devil is a Part-Timer. It's so good. (laughs) It's so fun. And John, I recommend that one to you next. Um, I'm on episode three now of my rewatch of it. I watched it. And that show is basically that the devil ends up in our dimension in tokyo japan realizes pretty quickly that he needs money to be able to survive and conquer humanity in our world and so he basically gets a job at a mcdonald's yeah mcronald's <laughs> mcronald's <laughs> and it's just it's just a hilarious comedy and will 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 not make me sad so there we go <laughs> I want it to be a live action show so bad because it's, it's it's such a good story. And I feel like us audiences would really take to it if they watched it in live action. Yeah. It's such a great story, but I don't know. It's, it's also short. It's only 13 episodes. So it's a quick, easy, fun watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyway, so, and that's on Netflix. The, Rocky Mountain Animal Rescue is on Disney Plus and Steven Universe. You can find the first four seasons on Hulu and the rest I ended up paying for on Amazon Prime because I liked it so much. <laughs> oh, I, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll, rem- I'll have to remember to ask my question after the show about something else. All right. OK, so there you go. All those shows. Huh? Why are you keeping secrets? <laughs> I, I got to keep secrets from our listening audience, not not from you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> and with that, John, what did you watch this week? Well, let me tell you. Oh, uh, I was gonna watch <laughs> uh, 
what was that called? Uh, the other Nicolas Cage movie where it's the kind color, of weird. The color, color of space. Yeah, color out of space. Mm-hmm. And then, um, thankfully, Stephen reminded me that a movie I was really looking forward to is going to come out on Shutter. This a movie is or the, series? It's uh, well, I, I it's marketed as a movie, but it's episodic. It's actually like three episodes, and they're calling it mm-hmm. season one, episodes one, two, and three so far. So okay. I don't know, like it's. I mean, I think altogether the three episodes make up about sixty minutes, approximately. Oh, okay. Minutes, maybe. Um, yeah, they're short. They're like half hour, basically episodes. Um, I only got through the first episode uh, on my watch, and uh, it was kind of a weird situation. I watched it uh, in the company of someone who's not a sci-fi fan, and Who'd I wanted to with? introduce this idea. What was that? Who'd you watch it with? Tesla. Uh, no, not <laughs> Tesla. No, it was a sort of a friend, kind of, you could say. Okay, I, I don't know if it was someone we'd know. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't think you've actually said the name of the show yet. You haven't. Yes, it I is uh, Blood Machines. Okay. Blood Machines, which is on Shudder. Yes, and if you watch the trailer, <laughs> it looks like kind of what Jodorowsky might have been going for in his uh, Dune movie. Because <laughs> it is trippy uh, as balls like this thing genuinely looks it it has a great feel it kind of has the same i want to say style as um the grindhouse movie that robert rodriguez did um planet terror. planet terror yes um because it's very slick but it has a, a filter of like film grain on it mm-hmm. and yet it's still very sharp the colors are very bright and um the special effects where wherever they look cheesy, like oh, this looks like a miniature. That's totally a choice. Like, yeah, you can tell that because it still looks really good, even though it's you know, obviously you know you don't have a giant spaceship there. Wait, it, this is a live action show? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was animated. You well, watch the trailer on your phone. Visuals are. Yeah, the visuals are. I thought yeah. I would say the show looks like if you played the movie Dread. Well, oh. in hyperspace, on the outside of a ship in Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> it's just a really crazy visual style, and it's very creative, very nice. Uh, just, it's exactly the kind of thing I like, where it's just really bizarre. You're kind of just thrown into the story. There's a really brief introduction at the beginning, just some like writing to tell you, kind of set up what's happening. But you Ooh. have no idea what's going on. So that situation was uh, kind of like, well, it's something I really like, but I'm watching it with someone who absolutely does not give a crap about this type of movie. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll watch the rest later. Um, so the second part of my Geeks Watch was instead uh, I watched Stuber. Oh. 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 No. And. Which oh. has seen it apparently. Uh huh. <laughs> Um, you know, it has its moments, but I would, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Or at least didn't pay to go watch it in the theater. It was just kind mm-hmm. of whatever. It was very much a vehicle for trying to make uh, Dave Bautista funny. <laughs> and, uh, let's just say he's definitely not Dwayne The Rock Johnson when it comes to charisma. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny basically carries the whole movie. He's funny. He always is with what he does. 
but it is kind of a forgettable movie. I mean, it kind of reminds me not too long ago of another movie with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, where he's also like a pizza delivery boy. Or yeah. Something. 30, minutes. 30 minutes or less or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It like, it's, it's one of those where it's, it's has its jokes, but there's also like, Oh, but we're treating this seriously. Cause there's also like cop drama going on. You know, people are going to get killed, you know, and it's like, eh, the, the tone didn't really quite do it for me. So I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching um, all three episodes back to back of Blood Machines that are currently available. And that's currently available on Shudder. Which you cannot get as a PlayStation 4 app. Oh, really? No, I tried. I was very <laughs> mad. Before this, I was like, I'm going to speed watch that thing. I've got this amount of time. Nope. <laughs> I, re- I refuse to watch that those visuals on anything that's smaller than my television well do you have like a chromecast or something that allows streaming see that's what i did because i have shutter on my phone mm-hmm. but it, you can stream it with chromecast so that's what i yeah. did and i, yeah, I gotta i gotta get a chromecast eventually well, I'm you, have a, you have a computer do you not have a hdmi out and go into your tv I do, but that's like computers over here. Then I have to go past three monitors to get uh, to the TV. I'm not putting another cord in this house. <laughs> anywhere. Well, what about this? Do you have a Samsung phone still? Uh, I not that I use. I have your old, like your old one that you gave me, but the battery lasts about twelve minutes. Well, if you keep it plugged in, and you have, if you have a Samsung TV, I don't. Most of them nowadays. Oh, okay, well, I was gonna say they have the Smart Link. Okay, well, we tried all we could to help you there, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, so yeah, uh, Blood Machines sounds interesting. And uh, did anybody else have thoughts on Stuber? Did anybody else watch Stuber? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven, what did you watch this week? I didn't get to watch much TV this week. Um, however, out. I did You're out of the of the group. <laughs> I understand. I'll I'll leave. I, I can't be the lawyer for this group. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, no. Um. Uh, this week, I actually ended up playing a brand new VR experience. That's oh. a dorky, yeah. geeky one. Um. They put out a demo for Marvel's Iron Man VR. They did for PlayStation VR. You get to be Iron Man. Ooh. It's supposed to be a very good demo. This is the one that I imagine people did at all of the conventions and first run kind of events that people had first impressions from. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. The one thing that I do very much enjoy about it um, that I can say is that it's really cool because you get to be Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The weakest part of it, though, is also unfortunately that you get to be Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some cool things to that, and there's some really big downsides. The control scheme for it seems like, no, that makes perfect sense. This is wonderful. Um, the way that people talk about it when you do it at a convention is that they hand you the two controllers. They put them in your hands, and they go, how does Iron Man fly? And you put your hands down, and you like, put the little repulsors down, you know, and they go, yep, and then they put the headset on you. <laughs> <laughs> because that's essentially what you need, uh, just those couple things. Um, there's some big downsides to, I think, how it controls and how you turn. You essentially utilize all the buttons on those controllers. Uh, and some of those buttons are a lot smaller than others in inconvenient areas. Mm. 
maybe that's better when you're using other things like some of the PC-based VR things. But this was developed purely for the PlayStation VR, as far as I know. So I don't fully understand why it has anything less than an ideal control scheme. Uh, however, still really cool and still one that I look forward to probably sub- subjecting at least two of you to in the future. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the game, do you suppose it finishes with uh, you putting on the Infinity Gauntlet and then snapping and then you die? I would love that so much because the the game does hit a few of the beats from the movies. There's a part where uh, you're on a plane and like the the side of the plane gets taken out by the totally made up villain for this this video game story. Uh, They blow out the side of the plane. And then, like, Pepper Potts is still in the plane. You just uh, promoted her to the CEO of the company or whatever it was. Um, and the the suit that's in the suitcase gets sucked out of the plane. Uh, you make a joke about the, the company having just lost your luggage or whatever. And then you tell Pepper, like, I'm sorry, but I got it. And she's like, ah, yeah, 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 go, go, go. And you jump out of the plane. And then while you're in the air, it has you, like, hold up one hand and says, like, right gauntlet incoming it hits your hand left gauntlet incoming hits your hand and then the helmet hits your face it's pretty cool that's cool (laughs) but that's the best part of it if it wasn't a game and they were instead making an experience i would enjoy it thoroughly (laughs) if you were just redoing story beats from the movies i'd I'd pay like 60 bucks no question so does does it do like a cool heads-up display thing like while you had the helmet on uh half and half Half like when when you first uh when the the levels first start one of the things that it starts off with is showing you the inside of the helmet and there's like a little kind of like fog breath condensation thing by the mouth and you hear the breathing and then the like um a blue outline of the different parts of the helmet show up and then your eyes uh they actually the image that you would see through your eyes appears inside the eyes and then the whole faceplate thing becomes the image of the level in front of you and then the whole helmet is the image of the helm or of the level around you so there's some cool pieces to it but overall it's a little bit lackluster in my first playthrough so between this and batman vr arkham asylum vr batman takes the cake so hard that was such a cool one okay well i mean that's also a full game this is a demo right yeah i mean that's definitely the case i think that the Batman one still feels like like a tech demo, even though it's a longer experience. It's a full experience. Mm-hmm. It feels like someone paid them to make a thing for VR to show off how cool VR could be. True. It Where, is not, uh, a not very long game. Yeah. Uh, but then like the Iron Man thing, it's supposed to be a full game and everything. Uh, and it's years and years after the other, like everything else in VR has existed. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. How yeah, that's, you... a, that's available now for free on the PlayStation Store, on the there PlayStation you. Network. If you're going to download it and you're somewhere else, uh, use the PlayStation app on your phone to tell it to download while you're away because it's a pretty hefty install. A little bit of instruction there, too. Awesome. <laughs> All right, folks, that's everybody's watch for the week. Uh, let's get into the great on Hulu. Okay, so I guess I... Since it was my suggestion, my choice, I get to lead the conversation. So what was everybody's first impression? Um, John, how about you? <laughs> so I thought we were going to be watching something akin to The Tudors. <laughs> okay. So as soon as I started noticing this was funny, because I hadn't seen the trailers, I'd only heard of the title before and like maybe a couple of screenshots. 
Um, I know somewhere on Reddit, I saw that they were already posting pictures of uh, L. Fanning's you know, butt or whatever. I was like, what? oh, that's when does that happen? Interesting. <laughs> I don't remember this. It's and, in- uh, so I was like, okay, this might be like an interesting period piece type thing. And I like the subject matter. I'm a big fan of Russian culture now and all of that. Now? <laughs> so, like, this whole thing was like, oh, wait, I, is this supposed to be funny? And it's like, it is funny. This is awesome. <laughs> and I, I distinctly remember the point where I fell in love with this show and I had to text everybody. Uh, <laughs> like, I love this show. Is the scene where Nicholas Holt says something irreverent and then puts his hands on Elle Fanning's chest and just jiggles her bust. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in. This is my show. <laughs> this is perfect. This encapsulates the whole thing for me right here. And oh, I have to say, on behalf of males, I apologize for the patriarchy. I don't like it either. <laughs> it's yeah, well, up. luckily, if they stick anywhere near the uh, historical timeline, the patriarchy will get what's coming for it. So it's, yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> it, it turns out great for us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I dig the writing. I've only seen, I had no idea that all the episodes were already available. It would have been very tempting to want to go and start watching them again mm-hmm. uh, but yeah this looks really well written i love l fanning's portrayal and uh, i like where this is going i like how i think i described this as oh this is like watching a uh, high concept drunk history of mm-hmm. Catherine the great which mm-hmm. i think is great as well like this just perfect i like it i'm really into this i'm so glad you suggested this i would have watched it anyway but now i watch it willingly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. Okay, Jessica, how about you? What was your first impression? Um, well, I had watched The Favorite, which I'm pretty sure is by the same people. Yes, I believe so. Close. It definitely is the same style, at least. And I I enjoyed The Favorite, and I like this even more than I did The Favorite. And I can already tell it's definitely not historically accurate, but I don't necessarily need that, need yeah. that to be entertained or... I know, but um, I I like how it's filmed. I I like the acting in it. I like Nicholas Holt playing such a horrible person. <laughs> like it's it's in the humor in it. I like and ah, it was great. It I quite enjoyed the great. <laughs> okay, and Stephen, how about you? What was your first it, impression? Because I know you don't, you don't care for Nicholas Holt, so no, how- I do not. This one is great, though, because I get to dislike him. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy the humor of the stuff. I feel like sometimes there's they, they drove home the fact that Nicholas Holt, his like his whole character is a piece of shit. They, they told me I got it. So sometimes <laughs> it's like, we, can we at least get some time between the scenes where he's a piece of shit? Because it's a lot. But I understand that in the first episode in particular, they're really trying to drive that home so that later on, uh, was it within six months? Um, like we, hey, we get things that happen. He, he only reigned um, historically for 13 months. And I'll go through a little bit of the historical inaccuracies or liberties that they took mm-hmm. to make the storyline fit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I figured I'd get everybody's first impressions before I break out the history books. So, okay. what's your, what's your first impression? So, 
my first impression, <laughs> I feel, is not fair because after I saw John's tweet of it being hilarious, and then other people saying it's funny, and other you were people post, I just I was like, this is not funny at all. Like I just the the misery that this show portrays just made me go further further down into like a a well of depression like i did not come out of this episode feeling good uh really wanting to talk at all (laughs) so i'm hoping that further down the series that going into it knowing what i'm going to be going into what preparing myself for it uh i will be able to express things better but yes at this moment at because we just watched it before we started recording. Oh, I was very not okay. Not okay. Yeah. Mitch was quiet for a while before we started recording earlier. <laughs> it's a very it's very dark humor, and and this particular episode was darker than portrayed <clears throat> by the overall trailers. Oh yeah, yeah. um, for certain. Um, but very briefly, so that everybody's got some touchstones. So. In actuality, um, Peter was born in Germany. Okay, he's of Russian heritage, but he was actually born and raised in Germany and in the German and kingdom areas. He was actually supposed to be crowned the Prince of Sweden when he was also made the presumptive heir of Russia. And so uh, Sweden basically said thanks, but no thanks. Um, Aunt Elizabeth, who we get introduced to very briefly, she's one of the more odd characters in the show, was actually the Empress of Russia before Peter. Mm. Peter's mother actually died not long after he was born. He never, historically never knew her. Um, It was his Aunt Elizabeth who ruled as Empress of Russia and made him her presumptive heir because she didn't have any children. Um, So she actually died before Peter becomes emperor. Mm -mm. Catherine, the great Catherine II, um, who Ella Fanning plays, was actually betrothed to Peter when she was 11 and he was 13. They got married when she was 17. He was 19. And they were married for over a decade before he took the throne. So they actually don't meet, you know, when he's emperor, but rather... So there's a lot of liberties taken. There is liberties taken in the show, but it makes for better storytelling. And they, they do also openly say they took a lot of liberties too. Correct. They say occasionally historically accurate, accurate. occasionally historically accurate. But to Stephen's point about um, Peter being just complete and utter trash, and that's all we see. Almost all historical records of Peter are actually only produced by Catherine during her reign. <laughs> so she has a fairly significant incentive <laughs> to portray him as not so great. Um, so, I mean, because there are some things that get accomplished during Peter's very short reign, Beards. such as um, the openings of freedom of religion in Russia for a very brief time and education becoming a, a importance of the monarchy. So whether or not that was Catherine during the coup or 
actually Peter's thing that's left to the annals of history. But, um, yeah, no, that's probably why his character is portrayed so poorly, because we have literally no other material (laughs) to go off of. She's like a person who who like broke up with somebody, and then afterwards, when everyone's like, "So like like what was it?" and like all she says all the time is like, "Oh no, he was crazy, he was crazy." <laughs> so there was that, and part of historically part of the reason that the coup was so easy for Catherine to execute was because Peter yeah. came from was born and raised in Germany. He didn't have the Close ties to the nobles that he was ruling. So if he was at all slightly off, it would not be difficult for Catherine to swoop in and say, I am far more Russian than he is in my demeanor and personality. Choose me. Yeah. Um, So I do know that for me, the hardest scene was definitely in the library um, after she slaps him for shooting the bear and he punches Mm. her. That mm-hmm. was definitely the hardest scene for me. Oh, yeah. What about for everybody else? Was there was that kind of the universal scene, or was there a harder scene, John? So, yes, that scene was pretty brutal. And I was being kind of flippant about this at an earlier time, but I really disliked the Archbishop. Um, I mm. really disliked the hypocrisy that, I mean, still exists to this day with the kind of things that they justify. Um and he had to give her like a virginity check, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's some really like dark shit. But I'm glad we're moving past that. Oh, wait, no. Nope. T.I. was doing nope. that just recently. Yeah. There's still a thing that goes on. Yeah. yeah. People are still trying to, I don't know, check that their daughters or their whatever are. Yes. Whatever. So, yes. It's, that whole thing. Well, it's, not, it's not even just tied to that stuff. Like. And so many things are tied to invasive bodily procedures for women. And I don't understand yes. it. I just got tested for Corona and I feel like I'm not the same since. <laughs> but yeah. No, although as, as dark as this episode was and, and as, as hard as it is, I do somewhat appreciate while taking it in humor, which is really sometimes the only way for people to absorb and process some of these horrors that occurred and are still occurring to some degree or another. Um, I appreciate that the, the writers have not pulled back from that. They haven't, they haven't pulled any punches when it comes to that material. I don't know how anybody else feels about that. Is that something that you're willing to absorb or would you prefer that we just kind of, ignored that when we're dealing with entertainment because i know that's oftentimes people don't necessarily want it the phrase i hear often is i don't go to the movies to be educated i go to the movies to be entertained no i i like um when you pair a serious thing with that kind of thing because look at the end of the day a bunch of people fucking loved game of thrones where like rape was just used as a tool so that they don't get to have things done in stories with that kind of subject material. And it's just used to make an episode greedy as a shortcut. And then also have that not featured in a serious light in a comedy thing also. To me. So Jessica, how did you feel about the start of Catherine's character arc as of this episode? I mean, we know where she ends historically, mm-hmm. but 
if you can pull yourself away from what we know comes down the road, how do you feel about her arc in this episode? I actually kind of liked her arc in this episode. I don't, you know, I know, I don't know a ton about Catherine the Great. It's been a while since I did world history high school. I actually think I did a project on Catherine the Great too. But um, (laughs) I really don't know a lot about her early years at all. Um, And I really like that they've made her, I mean, she's obviously really intelligent already. I liked how they showed how intelligent she is intelligent she is by the fact that she reads a lot of books i like that she starts out naive too because i think it's a little unrealistic for her to start out knowing everything or like already thinking bad of the world i think that wouldn't be a good representation of how her life probably actually was but um i i definitely like how the arc happens for her fairly quickly she kind of goes from naive to figuring things out pretty fast um yeah i i really liked her growth and development i really one of the scenes i actually really liked is when her her lady asks her like you know are you ready for tonight it's your first time like do you know whatever (laughs) and she does that typical oh well my mom said it's like this and i was like honey no your book said that like (laughs) come on like and and then it shows the truth of the scene and yeah, I I really liked that concept of her being like this book nerd kind of person and just facing the realities of the world and actually being able to come stronger from facing those realities, as we know she does. So, yeah, she kind of goes through Sansa's arc in like one episode. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> that's a comparison. OK, so in an effort to to help you process, Mitch. Take out Catherine, take out Peter. Favorite side character so far in this first episode? Oh, uh, favorite side character would obviously, or not obviously, but for me was uh, Mariel, her her maid, her handmaiden, mm-hmm. and uh, Orlo. Yeah, like those two characters I thought were great. I mean, I, honestly, I loved all the actors in the show. I think the the casting in this is, is amazing. I like Nicholas Holt, even if Steven doesn't. Um, and he is playing a complete utter douchebag throughout the whole thing um but uh meryl yeah meryl uh Mm -hmm. as the used to be lady of the court now it has to be a a servant like character arc archetype like thing i just i really enjoyed her and you know she's the one in as the show portrays she's the one that gives her the idea of hey you could be rolling like this could all be yours. It doesn't have to be his. And which is awesome. Like we need that catalyst. We need that, that character. And I honestly, one of the things I wanted to ask is the show obviously makes it a point to show diversity in race uh, amongst the characters. You have Orlo who is a Lord and obviously advisor to Peter. Uh, there was Asian women that were, or, you know, East Asian women that were uh, in the, the court and stuff like that. So is that true? Is that a real thing that was in the history or is that just for the show? It's mostly for the show. Okay. There is, Russia has more diversity than other courts would mm-hmm. um, simply due to its geographical position and its fluctuating borders pretty consistently. Um, 
it and Germany had probably the most most diverse noble and royal classes, but it would not have been that diverse. Okay. So a fair amount of it is is for the show's purposes. There there are some historical notable exceptions, but no, for the most part, that's that's for for current audiences. Um, I did like I did like Muriel giving her the the key piece in the last the end of this first episode. But did it bother anybody that it took her several days to like point that out? Well, I think it it became it, it became to, it showed herself that how serious that. Catherine was about like I, I I'm gonna end it like the it the, the I'm going to end it part like I'm sure she she probably would have got to it eventually by reading because that's what she loves to do that oh wait I don't the it's not lineage like but Mario was like oh she's she's jumping to the end too quick we need to give her a little bit of something to to keep her around so that she can get to it herself um so yeah I mean. It, it seemed it also seemed weird that she didn't just already know that like kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's fair, but I mean I guess that goes to <laughs> I guess that goes to uh Jessica's point about she can read a fair amount while still being naive. That's fair. Um so John, I know that the count was your least favorite character side character or not count um the archbishop was your least favorite side character who was your favorite side character so far i think i like the general okay yeah, he was... I, I kind of guessed that i was actually going to ask you how, what your impression of was of him was yeah i feel like he genuinely is like looking out for her and he's just trying to do the best he can while dealing mm. with a petulant child man um <laughs> you know whose whims are determining the fates of you know thousands of people and, you know, it's like they had that conversation about the chess pieces, you know, and um, it's he understands like the weight of the responsibility. Um, and yet he still is doesn't like get that respect, but he sort of kind of understands the the situation that uh, Catherine is in. And I, I feel like it meant a lot for his character acting as sort of a protector for her. Um, by you know saying no, the sun's going to burn your skin. If I stand right here, then I can protect you. And that's I think him saying like, you're kind of in a really bad situation, and there's not a whole lot we can do, but I can do this for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah i I did find his his response to her chess que- her military question very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I don't know if anybody caught this character in particular, but how did anybody feel about Grigor? The, so that's that's the husband of of the mistress, and also yeah. Peter's best friend, and Peter's or... best friend. I feel like he, we can't can we really call him best friend, you know? I <laughs> well, mean, Peter's it, best friend, I guess. He's his closest confidant. He's he's obviously he goes out shooting with him. Like he takes everybody with him, but like he's the one that's right next to him. He's this, <laughs> his closest advisor i would i guess i think in common parlance he'd be referred to as a cuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair so and do we think any of the court ladies are going to pose any serious threat to Catherine? oh yeah in what way that's real grumpy like preventing her from being able to accomplish her goals yeah i would the way that they portrayed them so far as being so vapid that 
honestly it couldn't but yes the show could eventually like be like oh no this person is going to gossip her way into stopping Catherine from getting what she wants to get done but the way that they portrayed him in the first episode, none of them seem to be smart enough to be to to do something like that. I think the head one does this, like the the yeah. head lady person who has a little Georgina. tiff. Gregor's mm-hmm. wife, Georgina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And to answer your question earlier, then that was my hardest scene. Okay. My first hardest scene was the her going there. Un- disrobing, making herself vulnerable, and finding out that there's another woman in her husband's bed. Yeah. Steven, do you have a scene, another scene that was particularly hard for you? It, it's all of the parts where um, he's like treating like sex as this like light thing, you know, where he comes in like the first. Uh, if, if, well, I, I can't find the word. The, the consummation scene, that part. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. That's not what that is. That's not. Uh-uh. <laughs> Fair. Although they portrayed it better than the uh, typical betting ceremonies where the entire yeah. court to gather around and watch yeah so there's small silver linings yeah no there's this uh i don't know like showing the way that people have been in the past and obviously in current times but in a much less public way when people are shitty to other people it's generally hard to watch yeah Mm -hmm. so we we generally know how this is going to end, but if you were writing it, what kind of scene would you use to bring Peter down a notch? Like, what would happen? What would Catherine do to Peter to bring him down a notch in the coming episodes? She embarrasses him in front of other people, well, in front of other men. Otherwise, he's not going to give a shit. Yeah, but how can like I kept thinking about this the whole time I'm watching it. Like, how can she possibly do that and him not kill her? Like he already almost drowns her in a box. Like if she literally humiliates him in front of everybody, her and her family are dead. Like, I don't, I, I, I kept thinking about it. How could she, what could she possibly do that will one embarrass him two not get her killed and three, not hurt her family. Like, I don't, I don't think her, I, I think if he kills her or whatever, I think his, like the, the general court around him would already have plenty of an issue with that. And he would be seen as weak if he just kills a person rather than just like shuffling them off into a corner somewhere and just having a mistress. That means that there was something more in who she was. That was an inconvenience for him that he couldn't settle with his power and who he is. I'm sure there's a lot of ways that an accident could happen. I mean, they're they're throwing glasses around. They're shooting guns, which I mean, last time I checked, and I know guns were a lot less powerful back in the day, even though apparently that handgun takes out a bear, you know, uh, a glass is not going to stop a bullet from going forward. Like, I feel like people should have been dead behind those glasses. That's fair. But that's just a, a TV show thing, so. Yeah. But so how, how could she? How could she figure out how to embarrass him without getting caught? She's going to have to take down his court. She's going to have to put things. She's going to have to play the Game of Thrones. Like she, <laughs> she's going to have to gain, gain her allies through, you know, using her wits, using the doubts that they clearly already have in his leadership and just slowly build up to a coup. Like, yeah, but, oh, I mean, at this point, she has Orlo, which I don't know exactly what his advisor role is but he's an advisor 
you you could say that she has the the the, the general Ventimiglia or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. But the Archbishop Archbishop's not going to be on her side, and everybody else. He I is. He could be. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he brought her there, but it she is. wants to have women learn and learn how to read, and that's still, obviously against him. Still, uh, he, if if he said God, if the problem with the women learning to read, just what were they going to read? Uh, yeah, that was it. He he it, didn't have a problem with them being able to read the Bible. That would have been fine. Everybody <laughs> knows that the church yeah. does not want people to be smarter. It's, I'm sorry. It's not, they just, no, the church just wants them to be able to read the Bible. At this if time, they, if you if, can read, read holy text. Okay. Uh, but then everybody <laughs> else, like Parker and, and whoever else is in his court, are going to lose the ability to have the fun that they're having. Like, why would but any is, of them... Is Gregor really having all that fun? No. His wife is the emperor's mistress and only because he can't do anything about it. And honestly, the way that that scene played out for me, I think he has a little thing for Peter. I mean, that could just be the way that I interpret the scene, but that's what I thought. He did say he loved him. Okay, so so right now we're breaking it down as the the sides are going to be Catherine with Marlo. Orlo. Orlo and Mar- Mariel. Oh, Mariel. Oh, yeah. Mariel. And the general. Mm-hmm. And then we think Peter with the Gregor. Archbishop. Well, I'm Gregor. the only one who's ar- Archbishop. The rest of you seem to think the Archbishop might go with her. Okay. We can go ahead and take the Orlo piece off the board also, in my opinion. Because that motherfucker's dead, right? i mean he did speak up during that like war strategy meeting if you want to call it that like i don't think he's dead only because peter doesn't see him as a threat how would that one yeah now the other way that she could do it is she she gains the people so the lower ranking military members all that if she shows herself to be the more i think as you said earlier the more russian leader she gets I mean, the populace behind her. That would help a lot too. I mean, she'll need both sides, but yeah, I was gonna say. But if you look at at most, not changes in governmental system, but changes in who the monarch is, that's always come from the nobles. Yeah, like if you want to overthrow a monarchy altogether, yes, you got to go with the people. If all you want to do is shuffle around who's in charge. <laughs> you go to the nobles. <laughs> <laughs> but. I- Royalty is weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, any other predictions of of who's going to end up where? I got nothing. No, nothing. no, not at this point. No, uh, I, I my history is a little fuzzy, so I'm not sure if this is the same Catherine or if I'm thinking of a different monarch who was rumored to have consorted with the horses ever stable. It's the same one. And that is the same Catherine, and it, the historical record does not support that. I've she wrote the historical it. record. What? It was slander, wasn't it? Like they were trying to. That got, the earliest historical record of that kind of statement occurred almost seventy-five years after her death. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> Someone wrote like a sick diss track. Yeah, she did have <laughs> she did have a lot of lovers though. Yes. I think that she was very open about too having a lot of lovers and she had a lot of children with those lovers too, if I remember correctly. 
Yes, because she at one point did claim that she and Peter never consummated their marriage, so all of her children were born of affairs. Mm -hmm. So that could be a good way for her to humiliate him, that he's got, you know, blanks. Mm -hmm. I don't think that seems like a strong one. That goes and kills every wife that doesn't give him an heir. like Doesn't give him a son. Isn't that King Henry the Eighth or something? Yeah. (laughs) Which goes back to the Tudors, but I'm just saying... How does that not get her killed? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't because we know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay. <laughs> Listen, well, I, 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 I just how she plays this out. We'll have to see how she plays we'll this see. out. I was just curious if anybody had written a scene in their head as to how that could happen. Time travel. Time travel. <laughs> That's how it works with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, any final thoughts? I just want to go over this cast again. So once again, we have Elle Fanning as, as, as Catherine, Nicholas Holt as Peter. Mariel is played by Phoebe, Phoebe Fox, who I've never, I have seen in a few things. Don't recognize her from anything really. Um, but like I said, I really enjoyed her. Shashwin Dawan, uh, who plays Orlo was on a great show called, um, Oh, what's it called? When a job goes from the States to somewhere else. Outsourced. Outsourced. So the show was called outsourced. Uh, that was great, but he's also in the most recent his, uh, the most recent season of Doctor Who, and he is also on Iron Fist, or he was on Iron Fist. Uh, <laughs> great show, everyone loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Grigor was Brian May in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, which oh, is wow. Uh, the Archbishop is Adam Godley, who was uh, Pogo in Umbrella Academy. Hey. Amongst other things, he's he's been in a lot of things. That's the best and, one so far. <laughs> and then the general uh, was most recently in um, Lost in Space. He was the Hastings. Oh, yeah. um, no, he's CG. He's what? He's CG. Every time we see him with Shag, he's CG. Shag. Shag. In the commercials. <laughs> Save some time because I go to the general. Oh, the general. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, that joke worked for one person. And I, it worked. Thank you. And he was also Alfred in the Joker movie or in Joker. So oh, right. I think it's it's a great cast. It is a great cast. So and the 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 main writer for the show is also the producer and was the producer and main writer for the favorite, just for mm-hmm. everybody who commented on that earlier. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Any any last thoughts going into uh, what do you expect for the rest of the season? I mean, how many seasons? You guys all seem... I have absolutely no idea about history, at least this history. So <laughs> I don't know uh, what to expect coming up. But it sounds like the the they don't have much of a history together. So how many seasons does this show go on? It's, I think it's one, I right? Think, one I season? think this is going to be just a one and done kind of uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Only because... After she overthrows Peter, if you want to keep her as the protagonist, you're going to have a lot harder of a time with that. <laughs> so, yeah, just it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna get a little more difficult. I mean, we've yeah. seen it in other shows as as a show becomes popular, it rewrites the history. Like people could be coming out with other stuff. You know? That's that's fair. That's fair. I think she should that's be like really she should fall in a frozen river. And then they thaw her out, like in the 20th century. <laughs> Captain America, <laughs> Russia, <laughs> and she's going to reform the country after Perestroika. There you go. I mean that 
that could be highly entertaining. Star Trek Deep Space Nine about this. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, so uh, if uh, you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at MitchPDGEM. Uh, GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Make sure to uh, watch the, the the great with us and see what you think. If you've already watched <laughs> went ahead, good for you. But come back and watch it again with us. Like watch episode to episode. Uh, Stephen, where where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me across all social media as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent. And Jessica, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. Uh, John, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And Elizabeth, where can people find you online? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. And check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to... Chitty chitty bang bang bang. bang, bang. bang. <laughs> <laughs>